All right, we are back. It's that's it. That's it. It's it's game 82. That's it. The season's done. Thank you once again for uh, sticking through our second regular season as Leafs Late Night. So thank you to you guys, Stefan Beener, and to Sadi and Darty, who are not here for for joining me on another adventurous uh, season. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's been... I feel like this year flew by for me anyways. Uh, I mean, we're saying thanks, but at the same time, this playoff push, well, playoffs is here. Finally, it's like we blinked and Christmas trade deadline passed us. And I don't know, the last month or so just flew by for me. Well, I mean, we've known that we're playing Tampa for so long that it's just like, can we get there already? And it's insane that it's the only uh, matchup that was set before tonight. Yeah, we've pretty much known this matchup. It's funny, Steph says Christmas and then trade deadline, basically right in the middle between those two, somewhere end of January, middle of February in there. It was pretty much set in stone. So the actual stat for that, because they showed it on bar down before the game, 135 days we've known about Tampa meeting us in the first round and only 134 days where we've had home ice advantage there's only been one day since the end of november that we didn't have home ice advantage and that was one game in february oh man (laughs) and everybody argues this format but it seems to just be the atlantic right now that this affects like everybody else was up in the air till tonight so i mean i it kind of kills the argument for this uh, reseeding everything argument or, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. The, the biggest thing about it is you have, when you have a really strong division and I feel like lately you've been seeing that like in the last decade or so, when one team gets really strong, the other teams in that division load up to try to counteract it a good and point. create like a super division. Right. So once you have that super division, then it just it it screws up the playoff chances for that division. It also really screws up the playoff chances for well, I mean, like you said, for the division, but like the teams at the bottom, like Detroit and Montreal and Buffalo, and the ones that are like, what do they do? You know, they it's almost a waiting game for the teams to fall off the top. Like, it's going to be really hard to crack into that. Yeah, and honestly, I had high hopes for Buffalo this year, and now they've been eliminated. It's been over 10 years since they've been in the playoffs, and when you have such a juggernaut of an Atlantic division, how are you supposed to climb up the charts? I mean, you have the up-and-comings of the Ottawa Senators, who are looking pretty promising once they get their shit together, or some goaltending and defenders in the mix, right? Uh, Their top six, at least top nine, is looking really good on paper, but I I mean, next year, oh, man, just makes me wonder about Boston, right? Is the curse going to affect them or I don't know. So um, also over in the Metro division, we've got Ovi and Crosby missing the playoffs for the first time. And I think it was, what, six or eight years for Ovi and then 16 for Crosby. Like, that's nuts. The last time Crosby missed the playoffs, Lemieux was still in the league. Yeah. What was it? Bedard was nine months old. There were no iPhones. Malkin wasn't in the league. First yeah. year of the salary cap, and the Toronto Maple Leafs did not have a no series win drought. Oh, great. <laughs> so we were actually talking about the President's Trophy curse today, and I pulled up the numbers from, I forget which article this was, and I'm sorry. Um, 
so the Bruins have the widest point margin since 2000. Uh, well, I mean, 2008 going back, nobody has had this wide of a margin to first place. The Lightning were the closest in 19 with a 21 point margin. And we all know what happened that time. Uh, <laughs> the last president's trophy winner to win the cup was the 13 Blackhawks. And before that, the 08 Red Wings. Every other team has either lost in the first or second or once in the cup final and once in the third round. So in the cap era, it's kind of been a curse. Yeah. You can't argue it. <laughs> and just to quickly touch on the the playoff reseeding, there would only be two series that would be different right now if it was one to eight. Okay. It would be Devils, Tampa, and Leafs, Rangers. Ooh. Which... Honestly, I'd rather take Tampa. Mm. It, th- the way I'm looking at it, we slay two demons. We get past the first round demon and Tampa from last year. And then chances are we face the Bruins and we slay that demon. It's got to be that way. Oh, it's just going to be a storybook run. <laughs> it has to be. Um, history in the making here. I mean, the Leafs have to do everything the absolute hardest way possible, unfortunately. And... This is the road that we must begin. We're going to journey through. And I mean, the odds are in our favor. They've been in before Columbus, Montreal. But we, ha- I, me personally, you know, I have that devil inside me on my shoulder, like oh, doubting these things. But then the other half of me is like super excited. This is the best roster we've had in ever. So. Ro- Roscoe, you said storybook? Yep. First round, first Tampa. First round, Demons, Tampa Demons, like I just said. Second round, versus Boston. Slay that Demon, because we've lost three straight series to them. Conference final, Islanders. JT oh. shuts up the Islanders fans. Oh, my God. To Ooh. take the Leafs to the cup final. Against the Edmonton Oilers and Connor McDavid? <laughs> let's do it. Jack let's Campbell. will it into existence. Let's and do Jack it. Campbell? Let's, I'm so down. And- let's. That would yep. be the craziest Zach run. Hyman, Cody Cece. Oh, my God. Yeah, the Toronto Maple Oilers. <laughs> Too bad Barry's Let's not still it. there. That'd be fun. That would be epic. And those are juggernaut teams for a reason. If the Leafs have to slay it that way, I mean, I want all three heads of that dragon gone. It's crazy <laughs> like, that it's possible. Like, that's the... Yeah. Oh my God. All right. With that, that's a good way to start it. Let's get into the show. <laughs> Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto DJ Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs right. Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup, Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. I like how Roscoe's just dancing to nothing. I'm just feeling it. I love this new intro. We can't hear it. Wait. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot to hit live, you guys. It's totally yeah, my I'm bad. I'm like, damn, that was a good jam there, eh, Roscoe? Well, I will put it in in post so that everybody you can hear better. it. You um, better. Because I totally forgot to hit live before I hit that. It was still on preview. My bad. <laughs> well, now that you're hyped up, uh, good game, eh? <laughs> How's Newfoundland, by the way? Did you get screeched in yet, or what? How you doing, um, not bud? yet. So I landed yesterday about two o'clock. Uh, I had a stopover in Halifax. Um, I flew Porter, which um, oh, 
no hate, but it's I would call it the Canadian spirit. Uh, okay. There, it was okay. Let me just preface this with to, the the planes that you have to take to get out here are are like ones that can fly to the tundra because the weather is fucked. So it's what's called a dash eight. It's got, I had looked it up while I was on it. Cause I was like, why are there propellers on the side of this plane? I've never been on something like this. So it's very loud. I have like a headset, um, like a headband Bluetooth thing that I use for, you know, like it's comfortable. It's good for like napping and stuff, falling asleep, listening to something. I yeah. actually at max volume could not hear it. Cause I was right beside the propeller. This thing is wow. so loud. Uh, there's no outlets on it. Like it's a, it's, it's like hopping on a, a greyhound in the air. <laughs> but you know what? In the, in the worst spot. No, and um, but honestly, since I've gotten here, uh, the weather in Ottawa was so nice. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> and I landed here, and it's just been it's been foggy, but it's been so fun. Uh, I got the tour around downtown. It's gorgeous. The the harbor and everything, and flying the over um, Bell Island coming in was awesome. Nice. Um, <clears throat> Went out for dinner last night. It was fantastic. Michelin star restaurant. Um, nice. It's called the Merchant. I'll have to double check that. But it's like a guy who won Top Chef Canada, who's the head chef there. It was cool. Um, and then today, you know, we're at the office, which is really cool. Just kind of being in a new space, doing something that's familiar and somewhere unfamiliar. But um, yeah, otherwise been cool uh the place i'm staying in is actually kind of interesting it's my um i'm staying with my my boss and it's a house that is built out of so the, okay so the house belonged to the guy who used to be the harbor master here like many many moons ago like back in the day and uh, he built ships and uh, when he retired he took a bunch of his ships apart and built this house out of them so mm -hmm. this is a very um interesting house it's really cool nice like the the wall like fun. Is, is slanted in strange ways. I keep hitting my head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, you have to let us know when you get screeched in or text us while you do it. <laughs> yeah. Also going to uh, Growler's game on Saturday. Got my tickets. Um, excited to see Gogolev. And I don't know who's going to be playing in that, but um, probably way, McKay. Probably McKay. Yeah, McKay. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be cool. So how much for four tickets? 50 bucks? Um, with the, for some reason, I think it's because they're playing reading, but the tickets were in us dollars. Oh, okay. I didn't notice. So there's a deal for buying four. Um, I think you get four of them for 50 bucks. So it was that, but it was like 72 Canadian or something. Cause the exchange rate sucks right now. Damn. Couple beers at the Scotiabank arena. Yeah. But it's the, uh, Mary, <laughs> Mary Brown center. In the middle of downtown, so that should be fun. Even better. Newfies yeah. love their Mary Browns. There's so many of them here, but they were surprised to hear that they had them like in Ottawa and stuff. So cool. Yeah. Wow. So glad you're with us all the way in the rock, an hour and a half ahead of time. Yeah, that's the weird thing. It's quarter to midnight here. Like the game started at 8 30. That's gonna be tough to get used to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But hopefully this playoff schedule comes out soon, guys. Uh, we're hearing Tuesday for game one so far. Uh, just waiting on broadcasters and television and so-and-so. Tuesday makes sense, right? Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. You have a hockey night in Canada the first week and first round. Yeah, and now that you know the Raptors are out of the playoffs, unfortunately, or the play-in. 
the play in. <laughs> Sorry. You better add that in post. Sorry, is that distracting? <laughs> Nine year old on the payroll. Uh, screams. Damn. I. Oh. If you want to talk about that for a sec, uh, obviously. <laughs> I found the perfect one for it too. This isn't even her. It's just like a random soundbite. It's the perfect pitch. <laughs> Man. For anybody who missed this, the Raptors were playing the Bulls and um, DeMar DeRozan, ex-Raptor, plays for the Bulls. And uh, his daughter was in the crowd, who's what, nine years old, they said? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> 36 free throws the Raptors took, which is outrageous for one thing. Like, that is an insane amount of free throws to take. And they missed 50%, which is like Shaq numbers. <laughs> like there's no reason. Like they should be shooting like 80% on the free throw line at worst. Like, come on. And they lost by four points. Like. <sighs> hmm. <sighs> you know what? To be completely fair, I didn't watch the game. I'm just basing it on this alone. So I've seen a lot of people say like, you know, let's not blame the nine-year-old because we played like shit because really the Raptors should not have been in this play-in position in the first place. So it's just kind of a weird thing that you don't see happen. Cause like, look, when fans are being rowdy, they get tossed. Like you, I don't yeah. think anybody's random kid would have been able to get away with this for the whole game. So someone like the local radio station, they were talking about that here and, in Woodstock. Sorry. And they were I I don't even hear it. Um they were saying that uh it would like any other situation, baseball game, hockey game, anything, if that was a drunk guy yelling or screaming, constantly making that noise, he would have been tossed. Like yeah. just gone. Didn't the Hey Brooksy guy get tossed? Yeah. And they like, I think so. and they made a whole rule that like, you couldn't do that. Like, yeah, my biggest thing, like if you're a fan sitting court side, man, you're right there. You're right up on there on the courts. It's not like hockey where you can be banging against the glass and the players can still barely hear you. And I guess, you know, watching the video, I just thought, fuck, who is <laughs> Bean can't hear it, but there's a screaming sound effect. Johnny keeps playing. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I thought a toddler was getting pinched and this was on purpose. And then you watch the video, it's a nine year old, and the adult beside her, which looks like her mother, is applauding it. She's reinforcing this act and she's waving her arms in the air. Like, like every time they miss, like, this is a calculated act, whether you know, it's out of for fun or not. You literally have the biggest Raps fans beside you. Uh, Batia, I, I forget his name, you know, the, um, the guy, the Super Indian fan, guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like, how does, does anyone not thing, say anything? It's one thing if it's like a regular season game, but this is like a make or break play in. This is kind of important, you know? And it's not like she's three years old, two years old, screaming because she's a fucking toddler this kid is almost in double digit land and she fucking knows what she's doing but the fact is well that's the thing she knows what she's doing a toddler's not going to scream what every single time someone goes to make a free throw they're just going to do it randomly because they don't know what they're doing this is somebody who's very clearly 
aware of what they're doing, but it's just immature and nobody's stopping them. That's my problem. Nobody is stopping them. They're applauding this and wanting this to happen. It's like, do you have respect for the game? No. <laughs> like sitting courtside and you you don't see people like, fuck you, getting in, into players' faces and such. Like that would not be happening. So have some respect. It doesn't matter if you hate the other team or your daddy used to play for the other team and you want him to win on his new team. Like it's just a no-no. It's just a unwritten rule it seems because this rule isn't written down anywhere <laughs> uh, yeah it's just it's unfortunate that this is how the Raptors season goes out and I don't know if anybody's been following but Nick Nurse kind of openly talked about not sticking around for next year like it it seemed to get to the point where you know if he's saying it in public uh, in like media availabilities like that's a little over the line, I think. I mean, like, that's something that should be done in negotiations. So, like, it's clearly not going well if he's willing to say, you know, he's had offers from teams. And it's it's not looking good. Some guys are going to free agency. And it's it's going to be rebuild time for the Raptors. Yeah, I'm just like you on this incident where I didn't watch the game. So I can't really judge if the Raps played like shit or not. But either way, this specific incident it's just a no-no to me, and if, you know, this continues, it's sending a sign to the fans of the league that this is okay for next time. Yeah. Like, what if a group of fans just got together and started doing that shit? Like, that would not be okay. And just because this girl and family members from a player's family, it's no free passes. No. Free That's passes. the thing is, if it happens again, then it'll be addressed right like one time is uh, okay that's kind of annoying but like I don't, how do we do something about one time other than you know say don't do that again but if it happens again from somebody else and it becomes a thing then they're gonna have to do something about it so it's just it sucks for the raptors that they get the first one that's impossible to do anything about well it's just funny because someone brought it up this morning in the bubble there was a, an nba player who made the arena staff kick out one of the like the mascots because he was standing in this line of view for free throws and oh, it was shit. distracting him yeah well i've seen players straight up like point to people and be like them out like kick them out and the security like okay like they don't really need a reason if, like, if a player points to somebody and says like that person specifically it's like oh they must have a reason because they're not going to put themselves on the face of oh yeah i start tossing people out just because i want to Mm-hmm. There's there's some characters I could see getting behind that. Oh, Kyrie, <laughs> Gobert, yeah, there's a couple. Uh, but yeah, just to wrap up the wraps, um, it it just kind of sucks. They shouldn't have been in this position, but they are kind of floating around. Management not letting them bring in, not bringing in what the coaching staff needs to actually make a push like the deadline seems to be like what the Leafs did the last couple of years where it's like they're not super confident in the team so they're not going to go all in they'll bring in something and it's like here's Jakob Pertl see if he can help you guys but we're not going to go all in on somebody so hmm. they kind of were given pennies and didn't do much with it so now the uh, rug is pulled from under them and it's probably going to be a lot of people gone did uh Scardy Barnes have a sophomore slump no, I mean, like, he's going to be good. It's just, it's hard for, like, basketball is really something that you can't one-man. Like, you need yeah. a decent team around you. I mean, like, you, come on, Bean. Like, 
you can of all the ma- of all the major sports, basketball is the one that you can most one man. You can like <laughs> put up points, but the team not winning. Like Scotty Barnes can be doing well, but the team can still lose games. Like one, like you can score thirty points, but your team can lose. That's my point. Like yes, you can one man a game in basketball, like LeBron and Curry and Giannis. Like there's guys that can do it. Yeah, more more so than any of the other major sports. Yeah. Yeah. You literally, like, unless you're Otani, you can't in baseball. Well, and that's another case, too, where it doesn't matter what he does, they still lose. Yeah. Hmm. I okay, just asked. He literally does he does everything. He allows, like, two hits and, and gets a home run, and they still lose. Yeah. Well, <laughs> McDavid's probably the closest to that in hockey. Yeah. Except he doesn't know defense. Yeah. And it's... <laughs> Yeah, I guess because basketball, you're on for so long before getting subbed out. That's a fair point. I guess I, I'll walk. That'll be my walk it back. You can't. You can. You can one man basketball. Fine, but my my point remains that it didn't matter what Scotty Barnes did this season from the few games I watched. It's just you know, okay, they didn't have much of a team beyond a couple guys like Freddie and Siakam, but that's kind mm. of it. OG. Oh well. Maybe next year my bet will suffice of winning the division. So um, last bit of news, the Chicago Blackhawks announced that Jonathan Taves is not coming back. That's it. Uh, End of an era. He done. So why they couldn't get something done at the trade deadline, I kind of don't understand now that he's walking away, but I guess he didn't know at the time he was dealing with stuff. He wasn't really worth a ton to most teams. It was better to have him just finish the season and see where he ends up. I guess for the amount of cap gym gymnastics that would have had to have happened to get him on any team at the deadline when you didn't know how many games he was going to be able to play would just definitely not have been worth it. So do you think somebody signs him in the off season? No, I think he, I think he goes home and he tries to train like this, this thing that he's been dealing with over the last little while, this immune issue has really hampered him. Um, I don't know if it's long COVID or what it is, but he's, it's something like he's never had to deal with in his career before. And, I think if he feels like he can play, he definitely signs somewhere. What do you but think? That's the, what it's going to come down to. What do you think the price is for a rehabilitated back to, you know, 75, 80% Jonathan Taves? At what is he, 34, 32? Uh, yeah, I think he's 34. Because what's Crosby, 37? Taves is, yeah, 34. Yeah. Um realistically right now if he's if he's going to come back he's going to want to go to a team that has a legit chance. They're not going to have a lot of cap space. So you're probably looking at like a Spezza or Geo thing. Like yeah. million maybe two fourth line. Yeah, I think honestly if I think he's still in the range where he could garner like, you know, maybe 1.8, but like I don't think he's taking league men to, to play next year. No. Un- unless he like he's from the Winnipeg area. If he thinks the Jets have a chance and he wants to play for Winnipeg, sure. That's fair. But if I was the GM of the Blackhawks, especially with all the bullshit that's gone on with that organization, I would have been going to Taves and saying, look, 
As long as you want to play, you have a spot. $2 million a year, one-year deal, done. You want to play, you're a Blackhawk for life. But that's me. Yeah, I think, honestly, now that you mentioned um, that he's from Winnipeg, I'd say the chances of him going home or staying in Chicago are probably the the most likely things, right? Because, I mean, he's been in Chicago so long, that is kind of his home now. But if he wants to go back to Winnipeg, where maybe the rest of his family is, unless they've moved out to Chicago, I don't know. I'd say that that's probably most likely. I don't see him really going anywhere else to go for a run for a cup. It's not like he hasn't got any. Yeah, I don't see him coming back, honestly. Um, I think his reputation is a little tainted right now, especially with the Kyle Beach thing. Um, he's supposed to be remembered as, the, as this ultimate all-star Olympian, et cetera, et cetera. But on my mind he is seen as a failed captain to me like i'm just like fuck like this whole thing with the chicago blackhawks i'm like fuck off good riddance man retire already like respect to you back in the day but honestly you weren't there for your teammates you let this kid down along with so many others this after your cup runs this team just fucking shit hit the fan yeah the whole organization has obviously been a mess for the last you know, decade and a half, clearly. So uh, hopefully all of this signals a better era for what should be a really solid franchise and fan mm-hmm. base in the NHL. Like they've been around forever and, you know, always owned by the same family. Like it should be better than this. So yeah. definitely, but they do not deserve Bedard. No, they no. don't. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Now, no though... Way. Though Taves stuck around, Mr. Patrick Kane didn't, and he ended up on the Rangers. And I continue to be king of the segue as we lead into <laughs> the first period of the game. Yeah. Oh, my God. Last so, game uh, of the year, guys. Beaner, how did it feel to be uh, the backup goalie tonight? <laughs> you know, it was, it, was, it was good. Great to get the call from the coach. I'm just uh, glad I could be there for the team, right? I mean, in all honesty, I stopped looking up who these people are. Who the hell was this? I I didn't even pay attention to it this time because there's been so many talking or so many different names being thrown about over the last couple games. We've it's had four different backups. Get into. Yep. Samuel Richard. So who is this? He won a tournament with you something honestly i didn't even catch it and didn't have enough time to write it down from the broadcast because it was so random yeah samuel richard um hang on i'm pulling up his uh yeah elite prospects profile pretty cool on the bench uh aka samuel richard d okay um yeah so this year he was playing for the university of new brunswick he had a 933 save percentage with him Nice. Um, and the couple years before that, he was with the Run Miranda Huskies in the QMJHL. He's 22 from Quebec, so he's over. Richard. He's got a he's got good stats, though. I mean, just didn't make the yeah. Uh, they're not bad. The big time. Who might end up? And, okay, can we touch on the ATO goalies for a second here? Because everybody's bitching and screaming about the Leafs doing this. Yeah. <laughs> with them putting Jet Alexander in, like. Every, a lot of people say, oh, it's a travesty. Like, this guy would never get a sniff for the NHL. Really? Of all of these people, Scott Foster, when the Blackhawks did it, David Ayers, like, <laughs> the equipment trainer for Carolina a couple years ago, 
Jet Alexander is probably going to be in the ECHL next, if not next year, the year after, which is a feeder league for the AHL, which is a feeder league for the NHL. Yeah, how many times legitimate shot to work his way up? How many times do we see goalies sign, you know, out of college or over age at like 24, 26, because goalies develop at a completely different rate than skaters do. So it's completely reasonable that these guys are going to probably make at least the over AHL at some point or ECHL, like you said. Also, one of these ATO goalies was a part of the Leafs prospect camp, I think, back in 2017 or 2018. Um, I can't remember which one. It was either Jet or Osnaka, the the one from last uh, the other game there. But hey, it comes full circle, right? And even if it's just making their day and their career, you never know, man. Like it, you, we've had goalies come into the league that were undrafted and end up being amazing. Like even Bennington, right? Like that was a huge shock, and then winning the cup with St. Louis. Like you just never know. Like yeah, Jed Alexander up, has, sorry, I was going to say we're up to 49 thing. people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alexander has a 927 save percentage this year. Nice. For University of Toronto. 927. That's insane. Better than right? What's his GAA? Uh, 221. So it's not. That's good. Like it's not. It's, yeah, but it's not sub one. You'd see a 927. You're going to assume it's sub one. Right? Yeah, but it's university. The games are probably higher scoring. Shenard yeah. had like an 833. Like more what I was asking by the GAA is like how high scoring are these games like with a 927? Like what does that mean there? True. Like even even in his six playoff appearances, he had a 918 and 272 goals against average. Okay, so they're really high scoring games. Yeah. Because I feel like in university, it's like maybe a 15% of the guys are going to go beyond that and the rest are just kind of there so it, uh, or on scholarships and using it to have a free ride through school like there's different reasons to play sports in university and the guys that are just like trying to get to the NHL would probably mm-hmm. just skate circles around some of them especially universities in Canada as bad yeah. as it sounds the sports teams are not near what they are in the NCAA oh no not at all they're just not as competitive. Uh, the leagues aren't there the same way as they are in the U.S. with sports in college slash university anyways. Like the hype in the U.S., oh my God, it's a whole league of its own, right? Uh, we don't get that here. No, I kind of wish we did, but like, uh, I don't know. We'll see. The Growlers game might pique my interest in watching like, you know, ECHL and OHL and Q stuff, you know. Yeah. But uh, speaking of goaltending and uh, Samsonov ending his regular season with the Leafs, he now officially has posted the highest single season save percentage with a 919 of any goalie to start at least 50% of games in the Matthews era. I was, I totally forgot to make a button for it, but I was going to make a soundbite button that's you saying Jack Campbell is elite on like a bunch of different episodes. (laughs) I'll have it for next time. Yeah, it'll be fun. Just do a video of every time I said it, like over and over. Oh my god, that's my biggest run it back. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, <sighs> I'm uh, I'm happy for Sammy. Uh, it's not what I expected. It's what you called. Um, I'll eat that one. I didn't think he was going to be the uh, the starter, but lo and behold, Matt Murray has. Uh, I'm not going to call him Morazic because he's played more games than that, but. Man, just injury after injury, and it's the last thing we wanted. 
Yeah, I'm one for two on my predictions. Uh, Sammy got the 1A, but I predicted three Leafs would get at least 100 points this year. And obviously Marner was robbed with the Montreal game there, not getting the assist on Poppy's goal. And then tonight, oh my God, so many chances with that empty netter. Hoping for Matthews to score his 300th career and maybe Marner feeding him at the same time so we can check off all of the boxes tonight because we saw Achari hit 100 points, Mar- or Nylander get his 40th, then Leafs, you know, keeping up the streak of worth, 100 and... Worth noting the asterisks, Achari got his 100th of his career, not of the yeah. season. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there true, is a true, true. very big difference there. I... I kind of noted that. I'm like, wait, so he's at 99 points on his career at 31 and Marner's at 99 on the season. That's crazy to think about. Like just the different levels of, you know, and different um, assignments players have. Well, and I, I like how you bring that up. And I've, I say it all the time. Like what we are witnessing, people get pissy all mm-hmm. season. With That's another soundbite I got to make. Go on. Like, <laughs> Matthews is fifth all time for Leafs goals right now. Fifth. Marner's seventh for assists. Marner and Matthews are 10th and 11th respectively all time for points as Maple Leafs. 10th and 11th. Like, that's mind-blowing. And imagine if JT was here the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's already knocking on the door of the top 25 for all three categories. That's insane. Yeah, uh, Daddy JT uh, about to get have another baby on the way. I uh, left for personal reasons today during practice. Same with Sam Lafferty. He, his wife is also expected to have a baby soon. But this is a little bit of speculation because there's been no word. Their wives just look like they're about to pop any Aww, moment. little baby Stanley. Yeah, so <laughs> maybe this father energy will come a blazing and you know we'll get them back for playoffs and yeah Stanley or Isabel right (laughs) (laughs) fantastic (laughs) that would be epic but um lineup tonight man we had Nyes in for the third straight game I think this kid is getting better and better with every game of course and trusting him in this top six um pp1 PP1 over Nylander and hey good for Keith for doing that because I thought Nylander was driving that PP2 and he was hungry tonight for his 40th it was so obvious oh yeah he also had no intention of playing defense tonight you could tell he's like I'm scoring I don't give a fuck what happens in our (laughs) end yeah is is anybody else seen from Nyes what you were kind of hoping to see from Nikki Bobby this year yes exactly a power forward that's just jumps in and clicks immediately and you're like oh you were yes you are ready for this that is what i wanted to see from bobby at the beginning of the year he just comes in he's big steals the puck from people drives to the net and look i saw nice take the puck from adam fox tonight who is one of the i would say top three defensemen in the league like that's eh, top five he stripped patty kane too like i like, I know Patty Kane's on the tail end of his career, but it's still Patrick Kane. Oh, yeah. Who is yeah. really good at doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll eat my words for saying that 
I thought Nyes would not play this season. I honestly was super shocked when he got the call, especially with the whole goalie situation and Leafs trying to pull a quick one there. But hey, I'm glad he's here and it's working out with guys taking a rest, taking a break. And you're absolutely right. Nick Robertson, man, the speedy little guy who's hard in the corners, has a great shot. Except this guy's healthy, a foot taller, and 50 pounds heavier. <laughs> so, and he doesn't look like it, right? He, he's super fast. They were saying his edges are quick, quick, quick. And he's looking great. Like, he, he hasn't missed a beat, really. But he doesn't have a brother who scored, like, 50 goals, though. And that's what everybody in the NHL worries about. <laughs> <laughs> but no, honestly, since... I think the... I don't blame you for doubting it because, I mean, honestly, since... On forward, I'm going to say Kapanen and um, who was the other one at that time that came up from the Marlies. Like, we haven't had anyone jump in and, and like, be a mainstay right away in a long time. Like, we've had guys up and down this season that have been impressive, but nobody that's like, oh, yeah, you're here and you're sticking out. We thought Pontus Homburg for a long time since he's played 32 37. Games. 37, 37 games. games, guys. With an 18.5% shooting. Right? Like, I thought he was going to be an important fixture on this lineup before trade deadline, and we had the likes of Achari and Lafferty. But that just goes to show what a a season this has been, right? Like, the roster changes, and damn, Timmins playing right wing for the second game in a row, and, you know, when asked after the last game, his first reaction just said, panic (laughs) even as a kid he's never played forward guys like never ever ever in his life why wouldn't they (laughs) put on the street isn't gustafson available no he's injured right now still i thought he was fine so there i don't really think he was ever injured in the first place there was stuff leaking that i think there was some health issues going on with his daughter ah gotcha so that's why he's kind of been stepping in and out so i I, it did say he traveled i I remember so that that tracks okay 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 but man these are game 81 and 82 quotes when you're literally saying like oh i thought i panicked when i got the call up to play forward on the Leafs roster right like things we would never expect and did you guys see only five leafs have played all two 82 games this season. Ooh. Um, okay. Can we guess what You didn't ones? see Johnny? Four. four. Yes, four. You're right. Sorry. Sorry. Right. I was question. legitimately just going to ask this question. Um, yeah, let us test you this time. Ooh, baby. <laughs> four oh, Leafs my God. have played all 82 games. Nylander. Yep. David Kampf? Yes, my boy Kampf. Um, 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 I think all of the defensemen missed time, correct? Correct. Yes. Both these guys need contracts. Uh, Bunting? Pretty much all the four. Yes. And. Come on. Oh my God! Who's been there through and through? He can do oh, anything. Oh, perfect! Yeah, <laughs> he can do anything, but never does anything. 
Oh. Man, I got to say, David Camp, as defensively effective as he is, that dude has not scored in forever. Like, what's going on there? Seven goals and 27 points this season. I mean, great, but like he was he was the power kill guy last year. Like Campfire was lighting shit up. I put him in a graphic for a reason. <laughs> I added a Campfire to that graphic. You did. That is still my most successful tweet ever. Oh, he's so good though, guys. Like, man, the fact that he can feed anyone. Like, he can dig out pucks from the boards and just... Like, out of nowhere, here you go. And same with Achari. And uh, today's Achari's daughter's birthday, I believe. So that oh, one happy birthday. her. But... <laughs> Bean can't hear the scream, so... No, no, I, I can't actually hear it. I was just... He was making oh. a joke before. Sorry, I'm... Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's all good. No, but well, I, I've heard talked about is that... Um, the Leafs are trying to build a, like what they were going for under Burke and Babcock was like having three offensive lines, you know, and then you just load it all up. And I think they tried to move away from that under Dubas and he's been slowly putting together this checking bottom six. And like you mentioned Pontus Holmberg coming up, I think he worked as like an offensive guy, but the, the problem that the Leafs keep having having is unless you can fit on the left wing on the first or second line, uh, sorry, hit somebody or go back to the Marlies. Well, it's your kind. Okay. You're confusing a couple generations there. <laughs> Cause Burke uh, was, Burke was very much top six, bottom six, your bottom six guys punched you in the face. Your top six guys scored. That was Burke. No, you're right. You're right. Um, Babcock. Yes. He, he was a little bit different, but, I think anymore, it's not so much a defined top and bottom six. It's your top six can be the outworldly skilled guys that'll score and do things that'll amaze you on the ice. But your bottom six guys, they have to be defensively responsible with kind of the hybrid. They're still going to be a threat to score. Maybe not your highlight real goals, but they still need to be a threat. Yeah, and I th- uh, they haven't really been... I mean, some of the guys have been able to, but it, it seems like we've started to promote them up. Like, Yarncroak was kind of that guy, and then he made his way up. So, I don't know. I think... who Who's the bottom six scorer? Who's the threat down there? It depends how they have to do the lineups, but you got O'Reilly. Kerfoot well, can... Kerfoot can bury. Right? Aston Reese plays that gritty... Like He'll tip something in. Face. Yeah, that that playoff style hockey. Like, I'm not saying they have to be 20, 30 goal scorers. No, but they can't be Kyle Clifford out there. Like, oh, he's not scoring. I can tell you, he's not scoring. <laughs> they just have to give the Leafs a chance to win and give support to the core. Because even tonight, you know, no goals in the first two periods for the Leafs, and you go into the third period, and they broadcasters are saying all of these stats like Leafs are going to break their longest streak without get, or getting shut out 144 games and la da you're like oh my god anyone needs to break the ice here and good thing for Lilligren and our most scoring defender this year with his sixth goal of the year by the way <laughs> can you believe it or not um to break the ice but doesn't Gustafson it- have seven <laughs> does he not for us though 
<laughs> not he. I don't think he has any f- for the Leafs. Maybe one, but he had the hat trick against us. Right, man, I couldn't believe that our highest scoring defender is Timothy Lilligren with his sixth tonight. Yeah, I mean, it probably would have been Sandine if he stayed here because I think he was on pace to. Sandine had four. Yeah, so he would have been <laughs> from the deadline on probably beat that, but. Yeah, it is kind of crazy. I mean, Riley missed some time and has been not really on his game this uh, probably half of the season. So, yeah, I mean, otherwise, all the defensemen are just there to shut people down. So it's 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 great that one of them can score because we haven't had that in a long time. Yeah, and just the tip once again, I mean, off Mikola's stick. Uh, that was lucky. Halak, yeah, Halak was looking real good tonight. So, holy shit, it was a Shesterkin-type performance. Um, just needed Bruce anything. Boudreau was having nightmares from that Halak performance tonight. <laughs> right. What kind of teams that guy's played for, man? Yeah, three Remember in the he, last two years. When he willed the Canadians to the series win over like the President's Trophy winning Capitals when Boudreau was coaching. Oh my God, right. <laughs> I forgot that was Halak. Yeah. Because that was when Halak and Price both came up as rookies, and then everybody's like, oh, if Halak's playing like this, maybe they'll trade Price. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But Ma- mainstream you... media is just stupid. Sorry. Go ahead, Steph. No, what, you mean okay. we, we shouldn't trade Nylander for Nick Ritchie? And who was the other one? The Brandon said? Montour. Yeah, Montour. Montour. <laughs> Good times. Good times. But this year, I mean, now we can talk about the year in the past, right? The regular season's over. Oh, Chief we is- do have to talk about all these goals that were called back. Yeah, I was just okay. going to say, Keith is perfect on the offside challenges. 9-0, and was it? 7-0, He was 6 six for 6 coming into the night, they mentioned on the MSG broadcast. And so he got two successful ones. The first one they they decided not to challenge, right? Yeah, yeah. But then the goaltender interference, he won as well at the end there, and yeah, no, it's good to see. And um, I don't know what I was gonna say. Well, it's just <laughs> That's my train of thought. <laughs> it's kind of a weird ending for the Rangers at home to just lose on like ten seconds, or no, it was one point two seconds left in the game. I think a goal called back on a kick. Yes. Yeah. Oh like, my God. Oh, okay. So I guess that makes Keith. What's that? Seven, because that doesn't count for him. They didn't challenge that one, did they? It yes. just went to review. Or no, they challenged. I thought he, I thought he challenged that one. Oh, okay. Yep. Sweet. Then he's eight for eight. But and of course, it's a leaf killer, Heedle, fucking Cheetle who always has our number, so 1.2 seconds left in the period. I'm like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. And Beaner's like, oh, yes, oh, yes, more opportunity for Marner. Let's go to OT. (laughs) Oh, man. Got to give it to Joseph Wall tonight, though. He was fantastic on some breakaways and some chances from, like, Panarin and and, uh, Kreider and Zibanejad, like, against guys that would score on, you know, lesser goalies. So he's really showing himself to be ready for the NHL. So let's talk about Wall for a little minute here. Four games for us last year. He went three and one with a 9 11 save percentage. Six games for us this year. He went five and one with a 9 33 save percentage. Ew. 
<laughs> he has just continued to just prove everybody that, you know what? People have been talking about him for a long time as being a good prospect. Shout out to Marty. Him and I talked on his podcast before the season started about goalies and we brought Wall up. Um, this kid's going to be good. There's a possibility that we go into next season without Sammy and Wall's our number one and Murray's our backup. I heard rumor that they may look to ship Murray uh, d- depending on this playoff performance. And this is also the reason why Dubis did not shop for a goaltender at trade deadline because we'd have Joseph Wall ready and willing to play our AHL superstar here. And yeah, it was honestly the injury from the past, right? That's why we didn't see him as often as we wanted to. Uh, unfortunately, this guy has been battling and thank you Shalgren. thank you baby goalie but damn joseph wall brick wall what a comeback especially after his debut versus columbus or whatever it was and kind of the team did not play well in front of him whatsoever but ever since then oh i'm so confident in this guy I even picked him up in fantasy tonight <laughs> i got a hot take prediction Hot take coming in. Uh, Matt Murray's going to the island. Yeah. I don't think you can offload that contract. I don't think anybody's going to take him, especially after he got hurt again, which is what everybody was looking at the Leafs for. They're like, you're going to pick him up from Ottawa after what happened last year? Okay, well, we'll see what happens. Ottawa was like, thanks for taking him. And the league went, okay. We looked great for a couple months. Everybody was skeptical. And then he got hurt all season. So... Obviously, it's still there, but every time this guy plays more than a couple weeks, he's going to get hurt again, and it's months down. So uh, I think that's going to be a hard contract to offload. I think he might just be chilling on uh, IR for the remainder of his contract. Now, did I hear you wrong? Did you say island as in like Robida Island? Yes. Or island as in, oh, okay. I thought you meant Islanders because that's the type of contract <laughs> that Lou Lamorello gives out to everybody. That um, is also fair, but they don't need to go <laughs> They'll need a backup for Sorokin next year. Yeah, you can find a cheaper one than Matt Murray, unless it's like double retained, I guess. But like, the, I don't see the Lip. Leafs wanting to retain salary. Like, they're never in a position where having dead cap is a good thing. Like, even with the salary cap going up, if they just lose that because they had to retain two million on Matt or over two million on Matt Murray's contract, like, uh, I think he's just going to be chilling hurt i don't think he gets cleared to play for the season and it's on season opening ir or whatever it is <sighs> this is what i didn't want to happen and here we are but i'm so glad for joseph wall honestly he's giving me so much faith right now ah man like i want murray to prove to us that he like obviously he's won two rings but we want to see that in action and dubis has been waiting to put him to play for this reason this is why we got the guy it'd be so unfortunate if we couldn't play him during playoffs yeah i mean that's his whole shtick right is it was like somebody went down he came in and won it so i think that would be cool if like God forbid all of our goalies get hurt and he's healthy again and comes back in like the third round and is like, guys, I got this and takes the Islanders down. That'd be nice. <laughs> well, he can't and... take the Penguins down. <laughs> oh, how sweet would that be? Yeah, man. 
Oh, it's so unfortunate. But I was going through our old episode uh, Insta posts because I was organizing them all into highlights. And it just reminded me of the trends we were talking about throughout the season and, you know, gave me inspiration for the graphics. And it's true. It, it seems like every other week Murray was down and then I was making a new graphic like, oh, welcome back. And then it was like the next game. Oh, fuck. He's back down again. And it's like back and forth yo-yoing. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, we'll do. Obviously, we're all pushing an hour. We haven't talked about the playoffs yet. We'll do a, a preseason one before or like a pre playoff one before the game at some point. If it's on Tuesday, we'll we'll get something out. Um, but uh, other than that, we are going to have to do a whole unpacking of who's sticking around and who's not because, and not even contracts that are running out. Like there are so many weird situations that we've pushed to the side, like Murray and Jake Muzzin. And, you know, there's guys that are, that opened the season on IR, like Carl Dahlstrom. Like, you know, there's, there's a lot of weird question marks with this team that have to get solved in the off season. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how, Dubas, if he gets re-signed and doesn't go to Pittsburgh, solves that. Yeah. Honest, honest to God, I don't think that there's any chance that Dubas doesn't get re-signed. Oh, no, me neither. I think that's a ridiculous claim. I tweeted that that's cute that they think he's going anywhere. Um, obviously, every team likes to drum up rumors so that it makes it like harder for the Leafs. Like the, Everybody wants to piss the Leafs off by making them spend more money, right? So. Yeah. If they drive the price up for Dubas because he gets to say that he's got offers from other teams, then, you know, maybe one of them might get him. Like, it's just it's a tactic to try to steal somebody because obviously he can't have talked to the Penguins while he's under contract. I think. Yeah. And what will like Jack Campbell couldn't talk to the Oilers while he was under contract with the Leafs. That definitely didn't happen. (laughs) Right on the dot. (laughs) 1201. And look at that. Edmonton <laughs> Oilers. Uh, it's, it's just going to hurt, right? If I'm not willing any negative, I don't know, emotions into the world, but let's just say it ends prematurely. This no. could possibly be, it's a possibility. William Nylander's, yeah, I know. And Matthews, right? Like Nylander and Matthews, like, that is the biggest question mark in this summer going forward besides Samsonov and a couple other forwards, but this core. Well, they're not up this year. They've still got one more year. One more year. They can just start negotiating next year. Yeah. That's why it's been talked about because like all of the contract negotiations have to happen in your last year. So all of them go into the last year of their contract um, at the end of the season. So that's when you'll start hearing all of the uh, stuff about Matthews and Nylander's negotiations. I think if Dubas goes, Matthews probably goes. Because the trust that Matthews has has in place with Dubas and with that administration, Shanahan, everybody, I think is massive, especially for a young player. If he's going to commit, even for another five years, to go from age 26 to 31... That's a huge commitment for someone in that will be in his prime. If you're going to commit for those years, you need to know damn well that the management that's there is going to be doing something that you feel gives you the best chance. Yeah, and if they don't feel like keeping Dubas around is that chance, then uh, he's going to walk. I get it. 
and for that reason, yeah. I think they're both sticking around. <laughs> I gotta say though, so. I'm glad. Yeah, yeah. But heading into the playoffs here, I'm glad Nylander got his 40th tonight and giving him that confidence boost, even though, you know, the kid's doing great. He's breaking all his personal records, but we want everyone to get in gear, get in line. I mean, Achari scoring his first in 13 games, love to see it. Nylander, man, if he can keep up that hungry dog play heading into next week, uh, things should be good. He's always the best one in the playoffs. Like the time they lost to Montreal, he was the only one who was on the whole time. And that quote from him where they're like, oh, how do you feel about this? He's like, I'll be good when we fucking win. Like he is all business and I love it. And even Keith in his pregame interview, he said like, you know, once the guys locked up home ice, it was like they really they kicked into gear like they know what's up next. They know what they've been getting ready for. Like this is all they care about. Yeah. Let's do some questions. Yay questions do you have the ones uh, for mine or should i pull them up um i have mine but i can pull them up oh if you want. here i'll get the, mine then chris rickett uh, uh says it would have been nice to see five more minutes for marner though but yeah he kicked it in off to the playoffs just a comment yes i know beaner you had the same comment in our group chat um i know points don't mean anything but yeah I mean, for the the milestones, it's it always sucks to have a ninety nine somewhere, right? Like round numbers yeah. are so much nicer. The stat, like forever, that's going to be sitting there at ninety nine points. That's that's really frustrating. Yeah, honestly. Um, one more from me. We have it from Mikey D. What's your favorite video game movie? Also, Leafs in Five. <laughs> okay, so. Um, this is on the tale of the Super Mario Bros. movie coming out, which has like a 50% on Metacritic, but broke the record for highest grossing video game movie ever because it is directed at small children. So good for them. I am i don't really care to go see it. Jack Black's Instagram posts are good enough for me. They are gold. He's written songs as Bowser and stuff. Like, it's amazing how committed this guy is. Nice. That being he is, said. He is like perfect. He's oh, like he the is. ultimate chameleon. You could see him literally doing anything. And you'd be like, yeah, that's Jack Black. Except that one rom-com, is it a Christmas movie? Where they like switch houses or something? He's in it with um, like... Oh, um, what's her name from Titanic? Um, isn't it's he, a really weird role for him. Her? Yeah. What's that movie called? Um, what Jack Black? Yeah, it's like all of his movies. Oh, The Holiday. It's oh, with um, yeah. it's Cameron Diaz, Jude Law, Kate Winslet, and Jack Black. Like he just him across Jude Law just doesn't really make much. I don't know. It's just it's a weird role for him. I'll say that. My favorite of his is his guest appearance in The Office with that little clip with Cloris Leachman and whoever where it's like he falls in love with the like 86 year old mother and she's like going up the, the like stair lift thing it's like no no come <laughs> back and she's like going up the th- oh it's fantastic School of Rock nice. is a classic though yeah he, he did a he had a he had a nice little cameo in Mandalorian this season too oh nice um he- I would say my favorite video game movie is probably 
Uh, actually, I don't know if I've seen any. <laughs> I didn't see Sonic. <laughs> I didn't see the Super Mario Bros. movie. Um, what else is there? What video game movies are there? Uh, this is how bad it is. I've actually got to look it up. I'm currently scrolling on my phone trying to find an answer. <laughs> oh, there's the Assassin's Creed movie. I didn't see that. The Tomb Raider movie. Didn't see that. Pokemon I Detective you guys Pikachu. Would be- all nope. over this. Mortal Kombat movie, didn't see it. Resident Evil movie, nope. Prince of Persia movie, forgot about that one, didn't see it. Uh, okay, <laughs> I, maybe? I, I, I wouldn't consider it based directly after a game, but for the nostalgia, I really liked Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Never I never saw it. Oh, they did the um, <clears throat> um, Uncharted movie. I didn't see that. Yeah, Far Cry movie. Yet. Didn't see that. Warcraft. Didn't see that. I'm just reading through these. I don't think I've seen oh, Tron. I haven't seen speed. that one. I didn't see need Hitman. Speed movie. Need for Speed. I didn't see Doom. I didn't. I have actually never, ever in my life seen a video game movie. Huh. Interesting. Tomb. <laughs> I, I saw Tomb Raider in 2003 with uh, Angelina Jolie. <laughs> yeah. Dragon Street Fighter. No. No. I'm just seeing if there's one that I didn't know was one. Oh, Doom. Max Payne, no. They made a Doom with The Rock. I might have seen the Assassin's Creed movie, but I do not remember it at all. 100% Um, Doom. Yeah, uh, I saw Pokemon, the first movie in 1998. Uh, I remember Mewtwo in there. Um... (laughs) It's not a... I mean, do you count Pokemon as a video game movie? Because, like, kind of... I think the game did come first. It did, yeah. Yeah, yeah of course. So in that case, I've only seen the Pokemon movies. Um, and yeah, the first two or three are all awesome. It's got to be pre- Doom so far. I'm yeah, sure it does I've count seen... Pokemon as them. So Pokemon, the first movie, yeah. Pokemon 2000, three and four ever. Yeah, that's like the ones that I watched as a kid. Um, There's a shit Mortal- ton of them now. Mortal Kombat, I've probably seen maybe like... <laughs> I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. Can't remember a thing. I'm in the same boat, guys. Uh, I've never seen any of these movies. I'm so sorry to disappoint Mikey. Um, (laughs) uh, It was a a good view into how many movies I might have liked that I haven't seen. Tomb Raider. um, I don't even, like, I've probably seen a couple of the Tomb Raider movies, but I don't have any favorites by all means. I'm just dating the ones I've seen. I just saw so, the um, the um, Dungeons and Dragons movie. That was fun. I Angry wouldn't say it's Birds. like great. I mean, it's it's fun. It's like medieval Guardians of the Galaxy with like a bit of Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, Chris Pine is just dude who's there. Oh, that's that's his role in most things. But in this, he's just kind of he's like witty, smart guy who's just kind of there the whole time. And it's like, are you the main character? Or are you okay? Whatever, <laughs> fuck it. The story's okay. a little convoluted, but it's fun. I have okay. questions though. Okay. Um, buh, 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 buh. sorry, I gotta close this video game thing. Uh, will this be the year we can finally end the first round exit joke? This one comes from RG at RGGTX91. I, uh, I, I don't want to say yes or no, but it looks more promising than it has in the past just because of the condition of the Leafs and the current state of the Tampa Bay Lightning um, especially after the last game I think I think things look good 
I'm not going to jinx it. I don't want to get too excited. It's still going to be seven games, potentially. <laughs> I don't I don't think you even have to preface it with the state of the Tampa Bay Lightning. With the state of the Leafs, how they're playing right now, the confidence in their game, the steps we've seen everyone take, Matthew's becoming more defensive, Marner re- like completely finishing his all-around game, not just being offensive. I would put... I would. Not that I wouldn't be nervous against like the Bruins, but I would put us up against anybody. Yeah, I feel more confident that, you know, just not even watching the season, but being with inside the rink and seeing all of our writers and other um, colleagues who cover different teams also have the opinion as Tampa or Boston Bruins fans that Leafs will overcome Tampa this year. I don't know. It adds fuel to the flame and it makes you more excited because these people cover these teams very, very closely. And obviously we have the Leafs bias. So when you hear all of these perspectives come to into fruition, it's, it's nice. And of course we believe so. Yeah. Next question comes from Chris Riche at Chris Riche. Question is, is goaltending the reason they get out of the first round or lose in the first round? Get False. Out. Neither. <laughs> I We saw last year that we didn't have to have all-star goaltending because Jack Campbell was not elite in the playoffs last year. Packs. And like not even close. My cat could have made more saves than he did in the playoffs <laughs> last year. Um, if we just have NHL average goaltending, I think we win that series. So with ha- the steps everybody's taken, like I was just saying, I don't think like it, it very well could. Sammy could come in and stand on his head. Wall could come in and stand on his head. But I honestly don't think goaltending is going to be as big of a factor as everybody's made it out to be all year. That the Leafs are done because they have no goalies and blah, blah, blah. Like, stop that BS. So just to uh, wrap this in before you chime in, Steph, at Dom Richard 1988, Shen Leaf Megafan asked, compared to last year, how confident should we be going into game one? So along the same lines, just to add it in. Yeah, we should be super confident. Even though Murray is not 100% right now, Wall gives us that confidence. And man, just too many clowns in the clown car is working to our, into our favor. Uh, Geo sat tonight, JT, Sam Lafferty. And it wasn't really missed in a sense. I mean, always missing JT on the dot and on the power play, um, all of his abilities. But Man, if the Leafs can overcome teams like Tampa while, you know, none of the superstars, Matthews Marner playing, Timmins playing right wing, like it's it's a good sign. Uh, the Rangers were full body tonight besides just Durkin. Um, Halak was playing elite level <laughs> goaltending, right? So it's a good sign. More confident than we were going into game one last year, but maybe not quite as confident as we were going into game two. Um, mm, and maybe five, not as confident, win. maybe not as confident as going into the Montreal series. <laughs> that one was like, oh, we got this. Let's go trip through Canada and straight to the playoffs, baby. No, that didn't happen at all. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Um, for me, it's that the last couple games we've seen a very, um, you know, kind of mashed together, rested team. 
I want to see what game one looks like when everybody's in the lineup. You know, what that iced roster for game one is. That's going to be the most exciting thing to see. You know, where O'Reilly is, whether he's on the second or third line. You know, who's starting, who's backup, who's on D. It's going to be crazy. I know it's not going to happen, but it would be absolutely amazing if game one rolls around and in the top six for defensemen, Jake Muzzin came out. Oh my God. It's not going to happen because like his, his injury is legitimate, but that would be absolutely incredible as a big F you to Gary Bettman. By the way, he's been training (laughs) the whole time. No, no, I do wish the best for him, but we know he's obviously not coming back. Unfortunately. Um, but and like what you were saying there, you want to see the game one roster. These last three games, yes, it's been a, a hodgepodge of a team trying to let people get some rest, you know, get ready for the playoffs. Even with that, even without our game, without all of our game breakers, which can drastically change games, they were three playoff style good gritty wins against three playoff opponents. Oh, hell yeah, they were. Who do they still have actually injured? Gustafson, kind of. Um, uh, Murray, Samsonov Murray. is banged Muzzin, up. Robertson, McMahon. I mean, really, Gustafson, Tavares, Lafferty, Geo, Samsonov, Murray. I think Murray's the only one that's actually hurt. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't think Samsonov's hurt. All, all season long, everybody, and I've been saying it on, in our group chat all the time, oh, looks like Samsonov tweaked something there. Well, there were two of those three games where he did look a little sore, so maybe, it, I mean, he gets till Tuesday off. It's fine. Yeah. Well, the Leafs end their season 50, 21, and 11 for 111 points this year. Um, four points shy of last year, but uh, I think they did pretty well, honestly, tying the most away wins. And considering that Matthews didn't pop up, pop off like he did on his 60 goal season, he still scored 40. But I think, I think this year's total is a more of a complete effort, like more more contribution from the bottom six as well. Never lost two in regulation in a row. Never got shut out. Never lost more than three in a row. Lost two games in a row like three times in the whole season. Like, it's insane how good this team was this year. Like, it it was not often that we were covering losses this year. It honestly looks like this is Matthews Iserman year. Mm -hmm. The The year where he flips a switch... And goes from, okay, I'm not going to score 60 or 70 goals. I'm going to score 40 or 50. And you're not getting anything against us when I'm on the ice. So what we can hope for. What do you call it for Jonathan Huberdeau, who set a record for the largest point drop-off in league history, playing at least 50 games it was a 60-point difference with 115 last year and 55 this year. Damn. Do you want me to be completely honest? Yes. Please. <laughs> um, depression? You go from living have... in Florida for 10 years to living in Alberta? <laughs> he did have to sell his Lambo to go to Calgary. <laughs> For no, no offense to anyone. No offense to anyone in Alberta, but 
if you were just living in Florida for 10 years, it would be a little bit of a culture shock. Yeah. A little. <laughs> just a bit. <laughs> Although That's that being said, Al- soundbite. Alberta is like the Florida of Canada. Yeah. The more I thought like about as, it, I was like, I mean, there's a couple things that are similar, but I mean, there's like a- any outrageous culture. news. Yeah. Any outrageous news story you hear in the States, it's like, okay, that started, that originated from Florida. Most outra- outrageous or stupid things you hear in Canada. Am I wrong? Mm, a lot Alberta. of them are originating in Alberta. Mm, or I'd say Alberta is more like Texas. Yeah, no, that's fair. Florida, I don't know if we have a... I was going to say Quebec might be our Florida. (laughs) Yeah, honestly. Um, Yeah, that would be my best guess. Um, In other news, the Team Canada... Team Canada women's, they were, uh, I tuned into the game for the third period, uh, end of the third period and into OT because uh, somehow Sweden tied it up with less than 10 seconds left like the Rangers tried to do tonight. And oh my Lord, I almost had a heart attack watching OT. Marie-Philippe Poulain, speaking of Quebec, sorry, um, <laughs> not from Florida, was um, tried to get to the net and was hooked down. It was like a two, she had two people on her and was driving to the net, one hand on her stick, almost managed to get it in, but was hooked and held down and there was no call on anything and everybody was yelling for it. And then a nurse with a bunch of shots, like everybody was just firing at the Swedish goalie and nothing was getting through. And then it was like, you know, same thing. Like every time you go to OT, you get a bunch of shots and all of a sudden one gets turned over and it's like, oh shit, this could be the whole game right here. Like JT did the other night. So luckily, um, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't know the names of everybody off the top of my head. Canada's goalie was great though. And uh, nurse managed to snipe one in OT and uh, send Canada to the semifinals. So hell yeah. Nice. Bye-bye Sweden. Nice. Well, uh, I saw the OT there. Um, what a shot, Sarah Nurse. Oh my God. Oh yeah. It's uh, it's an exciting game, man. Like we've talked about it. doesn't, you don't notice that there's no, hitting and checking like it's it's fast it's physical still like it's it's great hockey sarah nurse if you're uh listening uh hello i know you uh liked some of our stuff and thank you (laughs) (laughs) that was perfect i'm just gonna keep playing that thing Uh, i hope this translates to the actual recording it would be a shame if it didn't it's so don't worry so to tie it all up, unless you guys have anything, I have a couple of this day in hockey histories. Take it away. Yes. And it ties in with this last game before the playoffs. Ooh. 19, 1933, Stanley Cup final. New York Rangers defeat the Leafs. one nothing in OT to, oh. to win the Cup. The first wow. four-game series in Cup final. And then in 1940... The Rangers defeat the Leafs 3-2 for a 4-2 series victory to win their last Stanley Cup for 54 years. Wow. Wow. So it's kind of an interesting little tie-in. Yeah. No kidding. The season Rangers would have been over already? Yeah. That's weird. Well, it was like 27 degrees here today and yesterday, so I got sunburnt in April. 
Yeah, speak for yourself. It's <laughs> zero here. <laughs> well, let the anxiety begin. Oh, the emotional roller coaster ride just around the, the corner. The game of Kate. What feels like forever is over. Johnny, are we doing it? We starting clean shaven? Yeah, I brought my stuff out here. I can do it. Oh. Did we ever That's get any cool. replies back? Um, replies back about bets we can do. Remember no. we brought that up. No, we need more oh. Vegemite bets, guys. Bean, I would really like to watch you eat some Vegemite right now. <laughs> Why? Well, I'd have to go find it. It's set somewhere. Yeah, all right. Thanks for mm. uh, sticking out with us for the regular season. Like I said, we'll be back. Uh, sometime probably this weekend or Monday or something for a pregame show for the uh, Tampa series because things are going to get interesting and spicy. Lots of Perry and Maroon and Belmar fights and Bonting's going to be fired up. It's, oh, it's going to be so much fun. So are you saying they're going to be so disappointed in their play they're going to be fighting each other? Yes. Gotcha. <laughs> yes, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's going to be good. Ooh. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. Bring Joe Bowen back to television. Please. Go Leafs, go. Holy Mackinac. Holy Mackinac. Holy Mackinac. Mackinac.